No one is immune to pain. And being a mom brings a unique set of struggles and pain into our lives. But what do we do with this pain? How can we handle difficult situations in parenting? We have a guest on the show today who is going to talk to us about trusting God through the pain of parenthood. Welcome to episode 39 of Redeeming the Chaos with Laurie Christine. Hey mama, does your life feel a bit chaotic right now? Do you feel overwhelmed by the responsibility to raise those little boys God has given you? Do you want to raise strong, courageous young men who are fully committed to following Jesus? In all the chaos of raising boys, we recognize that Christ is the only one who can redeem the chaos in our world, our homes, and our own hearts. I know that I can't do this alone. I desperately need God to give me strength every step of this journey. But guess what? I also need you. I would love for you to join me on this wild, wonderful, chaotic adventure of raising courageous boys and connecting their hearts to Christ. We have a special guest on the show today who is going to talk to us about some of the pain she has experienced as a mom and how to trust God through those difficult circumstances. Misty Phillip is a homeschool mom of three boys, including one with special needs. She is the host of the By His Grace podcast, where she inspires women to overcome the struggles of life, and she talks about how God's amazing grace, hope, and love change everything. Misty is also the founder of Spark Media, which consists of the Spark Christian Podcast Conference, Spark Now Summit, and the Spark Collective. Misty is the author of the best-selling Bible study, The Struggle is Real, But So is God. Here is my conversation with Misty Phillip. Hey, Misty, thank you so much for joining us on Redeeming the Chaos today. We are so excited to have you with us. I am so excited to be here with you today. Well, we are going to be talking about a very special topic today. We are going to be talking about trusting God through the pain of parenthood. I know as a mom, there are lots of ups and downs on the journey of parenting, and it is not always easy. And sometimes it's really hard, and sometimes it's really painful. And so we're just excited, Misty, to talk with you today about some of your experiences as a mom, some of the challenges that you you have faced, and just how God has been with you through those times and how He has brought you through some of those difficult stages in parenting, but also some of the blessings as well. So we're really excited to to jump in. So Misty, tell us just a little bit about your family and your boys and just give us a little bit of background there. Yeah. So I have three grown boys. Now my youngest is 19 and my oldest is 27. And we've got a special needs 22 year old son sandwiched in the middle there. And I homeschooled my boys all the way through. And so that brought its own set of challenges in homeschooling a set of boys. But we also lost several children along the way. Mm -hmm. So I had a tubal pregnancy that nearly killed me. I had a miscarriage that was very painful. And then when I turned 40, we found out I was pregnant again. And we were so excited because we had really thought the Lord was done with our childbearing years. And so it was a, it was a surprise to us. And, and that baby ended up having trisomy 18 and Mm. was stillborn. And so talk about going through some really, really difficult times between homeschooling the boys and having a special needs son and grief and loss and uh, pain. It was, it was a wild ride. 
Yeah. Wow. That sounds like you definitely experienced a lot of things that I'm sure some of our listeners can relate to. Maybe not all of those things in particular. I know I can relate to having a son with with some special needs. We had a son, our oldest son went through several heart surgeries when he was when he was a baby. But yeah, those those things just really test our faith and either push us away from God or really draw us closer to God, I feel like in a lot of cases. Tell, tell us some of the ways that you have seen God working in some of those situations. Yeah. So like homeschooling, huge challenge, just wrestling three boys with a a large age gap. But although it was one of my greatest challenges, it was also one of my greatest blessings. So, you know, with my with there being like a eight, nine year difference between my oldest and my youngest with a special needs son in the middle with all of the therapies and all of the different things that we had to go through. We were in and out of the hospital and surgeries. And Mm. so trying to take care of my middle son and still trying to serve and love and teach and train the older and the younger met for some really interesting challenges. But it's also the thing that drove me to my knees in prayer and where God showed up the biggest. And, you know, I think that those years of homeschooling, although they weren't easy, I would not change that for the world. I have an incredible relationship with all of my boys and my boys are actually really close, even though my oldest is married, that my boys are still best friends. And so even though it was a hard season, it was a really, really good season. Yeah, that's amazing. I love that they're grown up now and they're still really close. Do you think, I was just curious how having your middle son having so many special needs, I'm just curious how that affected your other boys. And if you think like how that brought them closer together or, or how that developed character in their lives, like what was, what was that like for them? Yeah. So there were a lot of things that we as a family could not do. There were things that my older boys and younger boys, they they couldn't be a part of certain things or do certain things because of our family situation. So, you know, we weren't always invited to the birthday parties because Mm -hmm. people didn't understand Connor and what to do with him. And so, but then there were also special opportunities that were afforded to us because Connor was special. So it was this weird dichotomy. But one of the things that I saw over and over with my boys was just the empathy that they had. And it has really developed their character and made Mm. them men who are kind and compassionate for people of differing abilities. And it's, I think it's made them more patient. And there was one moment in particular that really stands out to me. My oldest son was in a a choir play that they were doing for the homeschool group, and he was one of the lead characters. And I was nursing his younger brother, and his middle brother was not potty trained and had gone to the bathroom and had just gotten poop everywhere. Oh, no. I was trying to nurse a sick baby, and he came out of his play into the bathroom to just help me to take care of things. And one of the moms tried to come in and help. And he was like, you know, it's okay. We have this. And and afterwards it made such an impact on her. Hmm. She came back to me and said, wow, my boys would never understand anything like that because they've never had to deal with anything like that. And so definitely it helped to shape and mold their character to help them be more Christ-like. 
That's amazing. Just to see how God used those difficult times in their lives. And I'm sure as a mom, you wanted to shield them from that. And it was probably very frustrating at times like, oh, like I wish I could give you more or I wish I could, we could do these fun things as a family and feeling like they're missing out. But then those same events and those same things is actually what shaped them into a Christ-like man and develop that character and the empathy. And that's amazing because God uses those things. He's like, hey, my goal is that you will become a godly person and that you will be Christ-like. And as moms, we're like, well, yeah, I want that for my kids too. But our way of getting them there doesn't always look like how God is going to get them there. And God is bringing situations and working in their lives to get them to that place whether we like it or not. <laughs> right. Absolutely right. Yeah. Um, I have a friend who has a, a daughter with special needs and she has experienced similar things. She's still kind of in the thick of all of the difficulties of raising a little girl with with some special needs. But her other daughters, I, I can see that empathy and understanding of kids who are a little bit different and just learning how to be patient and learning how to love people that are that are different. And I just think that is that is so valuable. You mentioned some of the challenges of parenting. I know there are moms listening that have experienced loss of a pregnancy, loss of a child. Talk about just a little bit about some of those experiences and, and how would you encourage some of our moms listening that have, have had some of those similar experiences? Yeah. So I just, I would love to say if you're going through something like that, first of all, I'm just, I'm sorry. I know what that feels like and it's hard. It's painful, but it's okay to grieve. We just don't want to get stuck in the grief. I think grief is important. It's something that we have to go through. We can't just stuff it and pretend like it's not there and go on with our life because that pain, if we hold on to it, it will come out in another place in our life. So we really need to deal with the pain and allow the Lord to heal my heart. So what I would say to them is go get on your knees in prayer and cast your cares to the Lord because He cares for you and He will carry you through. You know, I think about I lost my brother when I was growing up and my mom had the footprints in our kitchen. And it's just when those times when we can't get through, God's carrying us through. There's only one set of footprints in the sand and that's because He's there and He's with us. But we need to grieve, grieve well. But when we have these feelings, just take him to the Lord. He's bigger than all of our feelings, whether we are questioning him or we get angry or why would you do this or like all of that's okay. We just can't get stuck there. We can't get stuck in the why. And so that's what I would just say is grieve, grieve well, cast your cares on the Lord. Were your boys old enough when you were experiencing some of these losses? Were they old enough to understand what was going on? Did that affect them at all? Oh, absolutely. So like with our son, Liam, who was born with trisomy 18, our oldest mm. was 17. Oh, wow. And, and it affected him because he was chosen to go to a mock trial tournament at, at Duke and mm. he was hand selected and he couldn't go because because of what happened with his brother. But then it it ended up changing the trajectory of the, and I'll tell you about that in just a second. But the younger son, he um, was there with me at the ultrasound mm-hmm. when we found out that there was something wrong. And he was, I, we have it on video, and he was talking about how excited that he was, mm-hmm. that he was finally going to be 
the um, big brother and he was just so cute. And so we all had to grieve that. Mm -hmm. And so we named our son, we had a funeral for him and there were people that came up to me during that time and said, I don't get this. Why are you doing this? Like Mm -hmm. I lost a baby and I didn't have a funeral. And then after we had the funeral, you know, during the funeral, we said, God, gives and takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And we just sang and we cried and we all grieved because he was a person and that we would never meet until heaven. And so people that didn't get it, they actually grieved the loss of their children in in the funeral. A couple hmm. of people this happened to. And then they came up to us afterward and said, we didn't get it, but you so get it. And the, and the thing I told you I'd come back to, you know, we ended up not being able to go to Duke for that. But my oldest son was in an oratory contest for pro-life and he was going to write a speech on euthanasia. Well, he ended up writing a story about his brother and he won that state competition. And that's what ended up launching me into speaking. I started speaking on the pro-life circuit. Hmm. So I say all that to say, sometimes the things that happen in life that we think, oh, this is the worst possible case that could happen. It's actually what God's using for us to go down the path that he wants us to go to. So nothing in the journey of motherhood is wasted. Even if it doesn't make sense at the time, God is using all of it for his good and for his glory. Hmm. That's such a great perspective to have and to remember that no matter what God brings into our lives or allows in our lives, that we don't know the the final picture. Like we don't know his final goal or how he is going to be using those things. And I think just having the perspective and remembering that God is always working and that God is always good, even if it doesn't look that way at the time, just to be able to to look ahead and and be excited. Like, how is God going to use this in my life? How how can God use this to minister to other people? Because your experiences, you've taken those and you've been able to encourage others who are going through some of the same circumstances. And you have been able to minister to many people. You know, you said because your son was able to write about that experience and that kind of sparked your path. Like, think about how many people you've been able to influence and encourage. God in the Old Testament told the Israelites, you know, to make these monuments to remember. And I think you're right. I think we need to remember God's faithfulness so that when we go through another trial, that we can remember that God is faithful, that He is with us, and that He will carry us through. Yeah. Yeah, that's so good. I was just thinking about that too. Just the, I think the Ebenezer stones that they would set up to remember that God is faithful. And mom's I would encourage you guys to journal, to write down. It doesn't have to be like anything eloquent or even very long, but just, you know, every now and then just make a list. Be like, hey, these are the things that I've seen God doing lately. Or even write down like, hey, this is what I'm struggling with right now. And I don't know how God's going to work through this. And in a couple of months or years from now, look back and be like, oh, hey, I see. I see now how God was using that. Or I see, even though it wasn't fun and it was painful and it was hard, I can see how God is using that 
I have stacks and stacks and yeah. stacks of journals. And it is fun now to go back and to read like some of, I, I journaled a lot of my prayers too. Mm. And so I'm still praying some of the same prayers for my boys 20 years later that I prayed. But then there are other prayers that I can see how God answered them in such a beautiful way. And that is so encouraging, but it also helps you to process your thoughts and your feelings and especially when it's hard. So yeah, I would wholeheartedly agree with the journaling because, and it's fun as, as they're older to go back and see their maturity and how they've grown and how God's answered those prayers. Yeah. Yeah. And allowing your children to struggle, I think is important to Misty in your situation, rather than protecting them from the grief of losing a baby and just brushing it under the rug. It's not a big deal, but including them in the grief and including them in the funeral and in the the, the celebration of life. And that just had, I'm sure, had such a huge impact on their lives, just seeing the value of life and seeing the value of like learning how to grieve, I think is something that many children don't experience, but God has, has been able to use that to just to develop their character. So I think it's important as we are going through difficult things, not to try to shelter our children to the extent of not allowing God to work in their hearts and work in their lives. Absolutely. And, but there were some times with, in raising my boys where as a mother, that's my gut instinct. I know, I know. And my husband in his wisdom would say, let them fail. And Mm. I would be like, no, 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 no. I don't want them to fail. (laughs) And he was like, sweetheart, you have to let them fail. You have to let them fail. I have a friend who always says there's value in a skinned knee. Like if they touch the hot stove, they probably won't touch the hot stove again. I mean, not that we let our kids touch the stove, but you know what I'm saying? Like once they experience that pain, it it can actually be helpful to them to know, hey, maybe I shouldn't be so reckless or maybe I shouldn't, you know, do this thing because there's a pain, the cause and effect that's associated with it. But Mm -hmm. I like always as the mom, I'm like, but no, 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 I want them to do well. I want them to be okay. I don't want them to be safe. And yeah. Yeah, for sure. That's definitely a natural motherly instinct. I think for me, it's not even so much the physical protectiveness because I'm like, yeah, sure. Go climb that tree, jump off a cliff, you know, whatever. (laughs) I'm not, I'm not usually like too uptight about that kind of stuff, but, but emotional stuff and social stuff. I'm like, what do you mean? Someone was mean to you at school. What's their mom's number? (laughs) Let me give them a call. (laughs) And they're like, no, 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 no. So yeah. So those are the kinds of things that I, I need to be aware of just leaving it in God's hands and just taking a step back, I think is, is difficult to do, but, but it's really important. Absolutely. It's trusting and entrusting. So it's yeah. trusting, like you said, that God is good. He's always good and entrusting our kids to him. And I think that's one of the things that if I had to think about, you know, what would I have done differently? I would not have so much mom guilt. Mm-hmm. Like instead I would just know that I'm doing the best that I possibly can for my kids. And then I would spend more time praying for them and, and not worrying so much about all the things because knowing that God has them in the palm of his hand. And That's so good. I was, I was actually just going to ask you, that was my next question. Is there anything you would have done differently as a mom looking back? But I, I can relate to that. Spend more time praying, less time worrying and... Yeah, just trust 
them into God's hands. Just trust that God is working in their hearts and he is developing their character. And yeah, that's, that's really good. And then I would say not comparing to other people's kids or not Mm -hmm. comparing our kids even to each other, because God has uniquely created and gifted each one of them for the things that he has for them to do in their life. And so I think as moms too, we can say, well, my kid's not doing this or they don't have that, you know, and that's just a a comparison trap. We don't need to get caught in that because he has uniquely gifted us as the mother of these kids to raise them for the purposes that he has for them. And he's uniquely gifted them even in their weaknesses it can be a gifting. And sometimes our greatest point of pain can become our greatest point of uh, ministry. And so we don't Mm -hmm. know how God is going to use those characteristics in their life. And so we just need to do the best we can to mold them and shape them and train them in the way they should go. And then just trust God with, with it all. Yeah. And in addition to not comparing your kids to other kids, I think even just as a family, it's easy to compare what your family is doing to what other families are doing. Like, oh, well, they're all involved with this sport and that sport and they're on the swim team and they're on the drama team. And just thinking about like, am I am I not giving my kids all of these opportunities or oh, am I depriving them of something? But I think it's important in those situations to refocus on what your values are as a family and what your goals are in parenting and just think about, okay, these are our values. We value family time. We value playing games together. And if we're going to do that, then we can't be going to sports every night of the week. So just deciding as a family, what are your values? And then when you see other families that aren't following those that same thing, it's not right or wrong. There's nothing wrong at all with going to swim meet every morning and being on all the teams, but just deciding, well, what is what are our values as a family? And then sticking to that and, and not falling into that that comparison trap as well. Yeah. And um, being okay with that. Like it's okay if that's what their family chooses to do. And it's okay if we choose to do something different. Yeah. You know, I, I love that you said to do that. Well, Misty, we are almost out of time. I wish that we could just keep talking, but tell us about your podcast. You have a podcast called By His Grace, and I would love to hear just a little bit more about your podcast and then tell us about your book as well. Yeah. So my podcast is By His Grace because everything I do is by His grace. My life was an absolute train wreck before I met Jesus and He radically changed my life and never thought I would homeschool my kids, would become an author, a speaker, a podcaster, an entrepreneur. All of the things that God is calling me to, I could not have imagined. It is literally by His grace. And so I launched my podcast in conjunction with the release of my Bible study, The Struggle Is real, but so is God. After going through years of really difficult struggles and having the Word of God be the only thing that helped me to make sense out of my life, I'm an overcomer. We're all overcomers if we're in Jesus. And so I wrote The Struggle is Real about overcoming and that we're more than conquerors in Christ and teaching women to use the Word of God to take our thoughts captive and to affirm ourselves in what is true. You know, the Scripture says, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are true, think on these things. And so I launched the podcast to go along with that. But then I'm in my third year of podcasting now, and God has got me doing all kinds of other things. So the original direction of it was just 
sharing other people's stories so that they would know that they're not alone in the struggle. Mm-hmm. But now I'm working on my next book. And so this this season, we're talking about chasing your dreams and being obedient to God and having a spirit of humility and surrender and giving our dreams to God and waiting on His timing and His patience. And so it looks a little bit different and and that's okay. I've, I've had a lot of fun as it has evolved. Of, you know, I'm 110 episodes in, I think, and it's been an incredible journey. That's amazing. I would love for our listeners to go and check out your podcast by his grace. And I'll have a link to that in the show notes. And I'll also have a link to your book, The Struggle is Real. It has been really fun to see how God has transformed your ministry. So that's amazing. Three years of podcasting and you have started the Spark Conference and Spark Media. I know some of our listeners probably aren't too interested in all of that, but just give us a brief overview of what what all of that is involved with. Yeah. So yeah, you're right. I started from my podcast. Then I went to starting a podcast conference for Christians because nobody was serving that niche marketplace. And I just knew that I had something to share and I love to gather people. And from there, it's just continued to grow with the strategic partnerships that I've been able to make, like with the National Religious Broadcasting. We just launched the Spark Network to help podcasters. You know, you know this as a podcaster, once you learn how to do all the things, then it's like, how do I grow? How do I get people to discover me? And so that has become my passion because I have seen, especially over the pandemic, how important podcasts were to to encourage people with the word of God. And we can reach people all over the world Hmm. with the gospel. We can literally fulfill the great commission from our home. And so I am now focusing a lot of my energy doing things to help podcasters get their stories out there and get their podcasts out there. Our newest thing that we're working on is actually a magazine for Christian podcasters. So it's been a fun journey. It's like once I do one thing, then God's open opens a door for another thing. And I just keep continuing, you know, to seek him and his wisdom and, and going where he calls. I love that. That's so encouraging just to hear your story and how you were faithful in the little things and you didn't know what the next step was going to be or where you were going to end up or where God was leading you. But it was like, okay, I'll step into this next opportunity and I will be faithful and see where God leads me next. So thank you for your faithfulness and how you are blessing so many people through your ministries. I'm really encouraged by that. Thank you so much. I've so enjoyed our time today. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Misty. It's been so much fun talking with you. Tell all of our listeners where they can find you. Yeah. So they can go to mistyphilip.com. I'm online as Misty Philip. And if they're interested in starting a podcast, if they feel God calling them to do that, they want to come find me over at sparkmedia.ventures. Awesome. Very exciting. Well, thank you so much. We really um, had a lot of fun today. Hey, mamas, I hope you loved my conversation with Misty today. I just wanted to jump back in real quick and add a comment that I feel is important that we didn't get to in our interview today. I know Misty and I talked about journaling and looking back in order to see how God was working in a difficult situation. And I do believe that that is a really great thing to do. But I just wanted to make it clear that there are many times that we don't see or know how God is working through our pain. There might be circumstances in our lives that are just really awful, and we may never know why God allowed it to happen. We live in a broken world, 
and we are broken people. But even in our brokenness, we can trust that God is love, He is good, and He is always in control. Even when we don't understand, we can also trust that God is with us in our pain. Many times throughout the Bible, God declared, I will be with you. We know in this world, we will have trouble, but God has promised to be with us in the pain of parenting. Thank you so much for joining me today for episode 39 of Redeeming the Chaos. If you would like to read a blog version of this episode or download free resources that will help you raise courageous boys, go to redeemingthechaos.com. 